National Rural News. Good afternoon, I'm Georgia Kondek. Residents and farm owners near power lines in New South Wales won't be disrupted by loud power line safety checks this year. Endeavour Energy will use drones instead of helicopters to check 13,000 kilometres off lines in bushfire-prone areas. Spokesperson Rebecca Hill says there are several benefits to using the drones. The drones operate at a lower noise level, which has less of an impact on customers. They're also pre-programmed to fly only three metres above the power lines, reducing the need to fly above residential houses and farmland. The federal government has agreed to spend $205 million on buying back water from the Murray-Darling Basin. It will see more than 26 gigalitres of water, which would typically be used for farming, stay in the river to boost the environment. The Commonwealth Bank is working to support farmers through transition as they build future-fit farming businesses. Partnered with Platform Ruminati, they will provide farmers with tools to calculate baseline emissions and model changes in farming practices. CBA Regional and Agribusiness General Manager Natasha Greenwood says the program is a major boost for farmers. By helping customers really understand what their baseline emissions might be, then they can actually start to think about what to do with them. So what might be the farm practice changes that they could put in place that would really give them some much better economic outcomes, so in profitability and productivity, but also have the co-benefit of some environmental outcomes with lower emissions as well. Just over 30,000 homes are still without power in Victoria three days after deadly storms swept through the state. Some customers have been told they won't have services until next week. Emergency Services Minister Jacqueline Smars says the greatest concern is for the southeast of the state. Look, it's dispersed across the state due to the destructive winds and amount of trees that have come down in Gippsland. We are obviously worried about those areas and we've got in some contingencies into those communities. Merbu North, for example, has two large generators and a NBN truck that has been delivered to that community. A beef property in Shepparton region in Victoria has reported a case of anthrax among their cattle. Agriculture Victorian veg- veterinarians and and animals health officers were able to take action and reduce the spread quickly. Anthrax is caused naturally occurring bacteria, Bacillus anthracis, known to be present in soil. Agriculture Victoria Deputy Chief Veterinary Officer Dr Cameron Bell says there is no threat to the community. Anthrax is not a concern for the public. Any risk is confined to the people who handle dead livestock such as farmers, vets and knackery workers. Local farmers, veterinary practitioners and Agriculture Victoria are certainly well prepared to handle these incidents. New South Wales councils are sharing in funding to bring forward the construction of more affordable regional housing. 24,000 homes will go up across 16 local government areas to help address a growing shortage. South Australia's agriculture industry is recording good economic results despite inflation and raising interest rates. Figures show a total revenue was up 7% to $18.5 billion for 2022 to 23. Primary Industries Minister Claire Scriven says it's a good sign. So that's really huge for our state. A real testament to the strength of our primary industry sector and also the hard work that our farmers and foresters and fishers do. 
Researchers are studying how cotton responds to rainfall patterns to help develop a sustainable industry in the Northern Territory. The study at Charles Darwin University will take place over three years with PhD students working with farmers to gather research and real-time data on rain-fed cotton. CDU's Stephen Shu says it will give farmers a good understanding of water use. So we can help the cotton growers to plan the planting and also hopefully to integrate the water use information into the yield prediction. Uh, Once such a model is established, uh, it will help the cotton growers during the planting season have a good estimation of the yield. This is the National Rural News. National Rural News. Checking the markets, here's Craig James from Comsec. The Australian share market is higher on Friday morning with both the ASX 200 and the oil orderies up by 69 points or 9 tenths to 1%. All 11 industry sectors have increased. Energy doing best up 1.9%. Strong demand for lithium stocks today. Liontown up 4.3%. Pilbara up 5.2%. And Arcadium up 5.9%. After profit results today, Ingham shares are down by 12.1%. And IOG and QBE down in the order of 3 to 4%. Gold price up by $10.60 an ounce to $2,015 an ounce. Iron ore price up $0.07 cents to $129.17 a tonne. And the oil price up $1.39 to $78 a barrel. The Aussie dollar firmer at 65.3 US cents. Craig James, Comsec. To the National Livestock Report, here's James Malaganas from Auctions Plus. In the major indicative livestock markets... At the Hamilton sale yard, there was a large reduction with the sheep numbers at Hamilton Market today, where agents offered 6,800 sheep, some 10,000 fewer than last week's offering. It was a good yarding of trade weight sheep with full heavy weights on offer, with the majority being crossbred ewes. Merino sheep made up to 30% of the offering. Not all the regular processors were present, and those on the rail were not fully active in a market that was very lacklustre, being softer by $25 to $30 per head over most of the categories. The general run of mutton realised an average between $170 to $220 cents per kilo carcass weight. Crossbred ewes sold to $75 per head, with well-covered merino ewes selling to $68 per head. Merino weathers fetched $70 per head, with hoggets selling to $72 per head, and merino rams at $14 per head. At the Armadale sale yard, there was a lot less competition in front of slightly reduced penning. Both young cattle and grown cattle were evenly represented with great variation in quality and condition. Differing from the previous sale was the lack of good quality straight lines. The regular processors were in attendance with reduced attendance coming from the large field of feedlot and restockers present at the previous sale. Despite all being in attendance, processors' demand was weaker through all classes of grown cattle with the well-finished heavy steers down by 16 to 20 cents per kilo. The well-finished grown heifers were less affected. Cows and bulls felt the brunt of the cheaper market, with the well-finished heavy weights as much as 35 cents per kilo cheaper, while the plainer conditioned cows experienced greater falls. Heavy bulls were also significantly cheaper, with falls in excess of those of the cows. The Auctions Plus weekly commercial cattle sales were on Auctions Plus this morning, as well as eight stud cattle sales being interfaced live throughout the day. I'm James Malaganos for the Auctions Plus Livestock Report, Australia's most trusted livestock marketplace. 
to the wool auctions in the Eastern Market indicator is up one at 1,157 cents a kilogram. To the Southern Region, to the Southern Market indicator is up two at 1,127 cents a kilogram. A total offering of 8,109 with 11.3% passed in. 19 Macron up 12 at 1,413, 21 Macron down 1 at 1,319 and 23 Macron saw no sale. Those figures are from the Australian Wool Exchange and now with the Grain Report, here's Tom Herbert from ProFarmer Grain. Local wheat markets were generally soft yesterday, as were barley and canola. Looking international markets, Seabot wheat futures declined overnight as the recent USDA report stated that US wheat ending stocks are set to reach 769 million bushels up 17% from the last forecast and the fourth highest on record. Ice canola future contracts were softer due to weakness in external markets of soybean and Malaysian palm oil. Seabot corn was also lower as the USDA report stated that US corn production is set to increase by over 16% for 2024-2025. If this forecast is correct, it would be the largest crop since 1987-1998. Local grain and canola markets are expected to be softer today. Seabot March 24 wheat prices went down 12 Australian dollars to $320 a tonne. You can keep up to date with today's local pricing action with ProFarmer Price Discovery at profarmergrain.com.au. That's the latest from the markets. This is the National Rural News. National Rural News. Checking the forecast, here's Corinne Brown from Weather Zone. A tropical low impacting the Gulf of Carpentaria coast near the border between Queensland and the Northern Territory will drive heavy rain, storms and gusty winds into northern and central western areas of Queensland over the coming days, with heavy rain expected to progressively shift west into early next week as the system tracks towards Western Australia. Moist easterly winds feeding an associated lingering trough over the eastern states will trigger further shower and thunderstorm activity through Queensland down into northwestern, central and southeastern New South Wales and finally into eastern Victoria over the next several days. Thunderstorms are most likely to have a more scattered distribution throughout Friday afternoon and evening with some storms likely to become severe, generating localised heavy rainfall. Inland thunderstorm activity then looks to become more isolated over the weekend as showers and thunderstorms become more concentrated over areas east of the dividing range. Elsewhere, a high-pressure system lingering in the Great Australian Bight will keep South Australia, Western Victoria and southwestern New South Wales hot, dry and generally cloud-free until about Sunday when cloud could start to build over southern areas ahead of a weak trough coming in from the west. Now to close up, a new study has been launched in the Northern Territory to investigate water use patterns to help cotton growers. Researchers from Charles Darwin University will work with scientists from the Department of Industry, Tourism and Trade looking into how farmers and growers can get through those rainy days. I spoke with CDU's Stephen Shu, who says the Territory's cotton can't rely on irrigation systems such as those in the southern states. 
I actually started uh, uh, in last April in Charles Darwin University, and uh, we mainly started to develop the projects with the cotton industry in the Northern Territory because cotton is uh, designed as a cornerstone crop in the Northern Territory. It is a high-value crop one, a crop that can uh, overcome the barrier of the isolation and transportation cost. Uh, hopefully, cotton will be developed uh, into a big industry here and uh, getting all the ta- talents needed for the whole industry, as well as the logistic routes uh, being worked out. So uh, we mainly worked on the cotton, uh, hopefully helping the local industry to expand and grow well. So because in the Northern Territory, the cotton is mainly rain-fed cotton, so it's not being irrigated, mainly due to the water allocation problem. So this project we got mainly focused on understanding the water use of the cotton in such rain-fed system and also hopefully to integrate these information into the cotton yield prediction. So why is it uh, important to this research? The cotton is designed as a cornerstone crop for Northern Territory, which hopefully once developed, all the other small crops will be able to take a ride of all the systems being built around cotton. So it's important to support the industry. And the second issue is that here, that is very different from the southern states system, where the cotton is well irrigated. But here, that mainly relies on the rainfall from the wet season. And so that's very important to address the water use in this system, especially after the rain season, how much water stored in the soil is enough to further support the cotton to grow, when to plant the cotton, so it will be able to match the rain season uh, and can germinate uh, pretty normally. So uh, that's why uh, why we start to address this rain-fed cotton water use issue. Studies and research that have been done in the southern states would obviously mm-hmm. not work um, for the climate up in the Northern Territory. So that's what you're focusing on in general, isn't it? How to keep the cotton industry afloat with the changing condition up in the Northern Territory. The Southern states in the last few years getting some drought issues. So that's why the industry is thinking to allocate and shift a part of the production into the North. And uh, uh, if successful, that's good for the diversification in the cotton industry and also reduce the uh, climate impact and climate risk. Can you highlight some of the benefits that this will have for cotton growers? So I think um, the key key benefits is to getting a good understanding in the water use. So we can help the cotton growers to plan the planting and also hopefully to integrate the water use information into the yield prediction. Uh, once such a model is established, uh, it will help the cotton growers during the planting season uh, have a good estimation of the yield and the finance status. So this is a PhD scholarship. So we hopefully to train one PhD candidate and later uh, she will be able to serve the cotton industry in the north. 
That was Charles Darwin's university, Stephen Shu, telling myself about the research into rainfall patterns and how they'll be helping farmers develop a sustainable industry in the Northern Territory. And that's a wrap from the National Rural Newsroom for today. I'm Georgia Kondek. Have a great afternoon.